Hi, I'm Nikki Tapper, and this is Representation Matters, conversations around diversity in the workplace podcast series by The Equal Group, bringing stories, insights and learnings around optimising equality, diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Niall Simpson is a senior consultant with the company Wiser Elite, a leading recruitment company specialising in tech, software and sales. He also founded the Black Tech Sales Network, with one of the aims being to raise awareness of the industry and opportunities in it for young people. A young man that realises hard work is key and who you know is very beneficial, I start by asking him, who is Niall Simpson? Niall Simpson's a 28-year-old man from Huddersfield um, who had... Um, a really good upbringing, actually, with my parents. Um, taught me good, good values, and brought me up in a in a good way. Manners, etc. Typical kind of black upbringing. For the last three, four years, for almost four years actually, I've, I took the step into sales recruitment uh, to recruit salespeople in in the tech space. But before then, I was um, I was very much into my fitness fitness guy, personal training, studied sports science at university. And if anyone told me I'd be in sales recruitment <laughs> five years ago, I'd have told them to shut up. But I've uh, been in this game for, like I said, almost four years now. I haven't looked back and I love what I do. Brilliant. And and as you said, that's really interesting from sports science to sales, apart from the, you know, the letters having the same are the same in that similarity. What what was it about sports science initially anyway? Why you were so attracted to that and then did your degree in it? Yeah, I've always been a sporty person. So from growing up, I've always played football, basketball, anything really. It just kept me active. Um, okay. And then because I was never like the most gifted kind of sportsman, I mean, I've, I've always played at good levels and stuff, but I've always felt like I could be better. I always used to, I was always interested in, like the science that could make me better. So oh. when it was football, um, you know, like I said, I played at a, a decent standard, but there's people much better than me. So I thought, well, if I look at the science of it and what I can do in, in terms of my body, my nutrition, et cetera, then I can be on their level. <laughs> um, so I really got interested in the science of sport and then that led me on to studying it at college. And then um initially started being well initially went into personal training then I realized I want to be a bit more scientific than just you know training someone in a general gym I wanted to train athletes so that's what got me into it so I was really fascinated actually I did really well at university um I was never never did amazing when it was came to academics at school but when I really put my mind to sport science um I did, I did well I got a first I did a master's degree so I, was, I think it's what the interest helped really helped me through that through those degrees that is amazing to hear, actually. And it is, it's fascinating. And also, um, again, I suppose, hopefully this will speak to so many, that it is about you being passionate for something that can drive an enthusiasm and a need to learn and understand it more. Uh, because uh, very similar to you, I wouldn't have said I was the most academically able. I was okay. Mm. Um, but it was about finding something that I really was passionate about that you know gave me that push so it's interesting to hear that you even went on to get a master's in it um yeah. and then 
then what happened after that? Because you'd have thought by now, you know, Team GB would have been calling you saying, come on, I need you, Niall. <laughs> That's what I thought as well. I thought it was going to be that simple. I thought when I leave uni, there's going to be all these job opportunities on the table for me to apply for. But um, coaching is one of them things like you need experience. And I did a few internships uh, in rugby teams. Um, and it's one of those industries, though. It's, it's, you do need a lot of experience in the field. And you do need to know people as well. So, um, you know, they always say it's not what you know, it's who you know. I think that is, it's not always true, but in industries like sports science and strength and conditioning, which is what I kind of specialised in, there's so many people that go into that university. Um, and then when you come out, there's only a handful of opportunities. Um, and I found that when I finished my master's, in fact, I was halfway through my master's, I kind of realised that it's going to be tough getting up a job. Um, and I went to uni a little bit later than other people. So I was around 23, what is 23, 24 when I left uni. Um, and when I came out, I was looking for job opportunities, but no one was paying. It was like unpaid internships. And I probably a bit of an egotistic thing, but I was a bit like, I'm 24, I'm not doing free work. <laughs> um, that's why I kind of, I just stuck at the personal training stuff and started putting my mind towards that. But I'd never been really interested, as I said before, in proper personal training and marketing myself on Instagram and stuff like that. That just wasn't me. So I came to a point where I was like, well, I can continue with trying to get into sports science so I can follow a different path and make some money. And that's why I ended up in um, in recruitment. Recruitment. And it's interesting, again, I'm, I'm hearing all these strings that are attaching to what you've ended up doing, not only in terms of the, the role that you have within uh, recruitment for um, technical sales, but also the the network. And you said a key thing there that it's about who you knew, not you know, not what you know. Yeah. And I suppose that's the 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 foundation to why you set up um, Blacktail Sales Network. But we'll come on to that later. Let me ask you then about the actual career you now have in um, recruitment. You work for a, a very unique company, a um, specialized company, YZ Elite. You're a senior consultant for them. How did that come about um, that you've risen through the ranks to become a senior consultant and why stick with that team? Well, just going back to it's not what you know, it's who you know again. So I got the job through uh, one of my best friends who joined Wiser uh, a year before me, my friend called Jack, uh, uh, Jack Smith. Shout out to him. Um, so he worked at Wiser he joined from Huddersfield a year before and then he used one to introduce me to my now manager, Jack Caffrell. Um, and we, we just, you know, ended up getting a job that way. So I think joining the team at the time, the company was, you know, still very young. I think I was like 28th or 29th person that joined Wiser as a whole. So Wiser Elite is a separate division within Wiser. Um, and luckily I had, you know, two really good people to look up to, which was my MD, Jack Caffrell, and then, as I said, my friend Jack Smith um, to look up to and to help me kind of um, learn around about the job um, and just learn the kind of graft I need to put in and um, teaching me about the wins and how to deal with the wins, how to deal with the losses in recruitment. I think that's what I've been able to... I think, luckily, I've been able to grasp that quite well. Like, I had a really tough year in my first year uh, which was, I think it was probably just the, the transition from moving from like working in gyms to working in an office, yes. speaking to people in tech, and which was like just so alien to me. 
Um, but I think what we've been able to do is just deal with the losses really well, be able to reflect, look back on what needs to change um, and just have real conversations with the people around me to help me develop, really. And I think that's why I've, I've done pretty well. I mean, I'm a really hard worker as well. I've always been a hard worker from, from a young age. Um, and I think that also is important in recruitment. So I guess putting the dealing with the losses, which are common in recruitment and using that to inspire you to, to perform well and then working really hard. I think that's a good recipe for a successful recruiter. Yeah, I wanted to go back a little bit to what you just said there in terms of you even your upbringing, because uh, you said you were, you know, you were brought up in a family where you're taught a lot of good values, uh, principles mm. and and to work hard. I, I gather then, you know, you said it was a typical black family. Was it a Caribbean or African yeah, Caribbean, Caribbean. So, um, mom and dad are both together. They they celebrated their thirtieth wedding anniversary last year. Um, so they've come from both fam- they they both came from families where their parents were together as well. So, wow, I think they've been lucky enough to be raised by, um, you know, some good parents have good grandparents around me as well. Um, you know, my my granddad um, was sadly passed away last year, but he came over to the UK in the Windrush era and built like almost like an empire himself um and then my dad really started working from a really young age uh, and built his and worked, worked his way up to like the top of the ranks to like the engineering industry so I've had good role models around me always and that, I gather that's really key for um the work that you are doing now and you're in an industry that you said um it's really difficult to see the diversity and in particular seeing um, other black and brown people and so tell us about the this world of specialized tech um, and and software and how in terms of the colleagues around you how you can begin to see where EDI you know equality diversity and inclusion should be playing a bigger part and you did also mention the influence of the of the managing director for you so could see if you can and tell me you know what's that been like how can it work differently for you? Yeah, well, first of all, I think luckily enough, I work for a company that's, that allows people to innovate. If they have ideas, bring them to the table, then no one's going to, unless it's a ridiculous idea, no one's going to um, shoot your idea down. Um, and, and luckily, when I sort of thought about this idea, the company has been right behind me at Wiser. And, you know, to be honest, my MD, Jack, he, he's passionate about this topic as well. He's always tried to think about how Wiser Elite can be more, can work differently and offer a bit more than I suppose our competitors. So I think the tech space as a whole, um, just from working in it for my first few years, I just realized that, um, you know, there's so much opportunity in that space. It's the like tech's the future. Every company will be, or some, it'll be a tech business of some sort um, going forward. Um, And then, yeah, just, just being from Huddersfield and coming down and realizing you know, the opportunities in this space, which I had no idea that existed. You know, I've always thought, why aren't more black people getting into this industry? And I think tech companies, a lot of tech businesses are set up by like like white males. And you can understand that when it comes to like hiring their first the t- people around them and growing the teams, um, you can understand that they use their network. It's, it's common, right? I think if if you set up a business, you want to bring in people who you know and who you can trust. So yes. it tends to be of a white of white individuals. But I think what happens a lot of these tech companies get to a point where, you know, they've hired so many people who look like themselves or come from similar backgrounds themselves. Then they get to a position which a lot of them realized last year with everything happening, George Floyd and BLM, that they have a diversity problem. 
So yeah, I think that's what I want to capitalize on and just try and make a difference in the market, but also increase, well, help spread awareness to young people like myself to look at this industry earlier than that maybe I did. Does that answer your question? So I don't know. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it, it, it does in the sense that, you know, you're, you're in an industry you've clearly said, and that's so many for, as you said, you know, you employ or you look for people that look like you. And if you're not in the, even in the economic position to start your own business or at least tap into an industry that you have nobody linked with, then mm-hmm. it is always going to be very difficult. And you said um, there, you know, you came to this quite late in in relative terms, even though you're still, you know, very young. Mm-hmm. And now that you've been part of it and you're seeing that there is a struggle for black and brown people for a genuine understanding of equality, what conversations have you been hearing then that has that caused you to say, we need to, I'm going to put together the Black Tech Sales Network? I was looking to do something about this, around this topic, like 18 months ago, well, 18 months before I actually set BTSN up. Um, and I had a few conversations with just black salespeople. And the common um, trait was that, or the common thing was that a lot of them, work in an organization where they may be the only black salesperson uh, or like one of two or one of three in a big organization so i think the the driver behind black tech sales network in the beginning was let me just bring black and brown or black black salespeople together let's bring them in a community create a place where they can see people like themselves and it was amazing when we first had our first kind of zoom catch-ups um, you know, people were saying, I, I didn't know there were this many people like me in this industry or in this job role. So I think the driver to begin was, to begin with was these people are clearly in industries, in an industry where they, they feel alone sometimes. So let's bring them together so they can have conversations that maybe they can't have at work in, in a network, in a, in a community. And you've said there about bringing black people together, but of course, this is also an industry that's very male dominated. Yeah. How is that working in terms of what the network network is going to be doing? How, are you seeing females come forward? Are yes. females in general, black, white, Asian, you know, are they beginning to have some influence and have some voice in that industry? Because yeah. it feels as though that I don't see women. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, to be honest, I feel like the... I said 2018, 2019 was like a big, a big couple of years for like gender diversity in, in tech. Like there's a lot around females in tech, getting female lead, more female leaders, et cetera. Um, so I think there's been a lot of work done there. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, I, I spend my most miles in the day recruiting salespeople and yeah, mainly is usually is males and you get a lot of uh, tech companies saying we want to see more women coming through um so it is a bit there is also a, a lack of diversity on the gender side as well um in terms of our network i've always really been conscious of not just making it male dominant and having a, a lot of females in there making sure that females have a voice so i built a little um, btsn leaders team and made sure it's actually i think it's 50 percent females 50 percent males which is good um and then yeah i think like there's still a lot of work to do on that side definitely because I feel like females, they look at tech, white, black or Asian, whatever um, ethnic, ethnic background they come from. I think like females will look at tech organizations and always look from the outside and notice that they are quite male dominant, whether it's the, the sales team, whether it's the, the engineering team, whether it's the leadership team. So I think there's still a lot of work to do there as well. And you've mentioned that all those different pockets 
of career opportunities, engineering, you know, software, sales, mm. the movers and shakers, those who are running the companies, the chief execs, how can you see the sales network, especially, you know, what you started? Are you having conversations with those chief execs, those who are actually making the decisions when it's looking at their employees and the structure to their companies? I think that's the biggest challenge at the moment, Nikki. So, like, I've not found it difficult to have conversations with talent teams, HR directors, or DNI managers. I think the difficulty is um, speaking to the senior leaders and, um, you know, C level executives. Um, and I think that's perhaps why we haven't, you know, BTSM, the goal is to partner with as many tech businesses as possible. Um, you know, perhaps we're, that's probably what I'd say we're behind on. We've done really well to build a talent pool of students, got a really good members list, but we're just lacking, I say, on, on like the partnership side. And I think maybe that's the difficulty is getting that buy-in from senior management uh, and, and senior leaders. So I think what they need to understand is that um, I think a lot of them have come out and said, look, we want to increase diversity, but just saying you increase diversity is, is not going to help. I feel like to attract talent from different backgrounds, you need to diversify your approach um, and using communities like Blacktic Sales Network or any other initiatives out there are going to help. There's plenty of them out there now. And I think that's what companies need to understand is to attract different like, diverse talent, you need to try different strategies. Mm. Um, there's not a lack of black talent out there but there's like a lack of innovation in trying to attract black talent, I think. So I think that's what I, the message I'm trying to pass on to like sales leaders is they need to try different strategies and, you know, maybe put budgets in place or and then have real conversations with people like myself or with DNI teams and not just bring them in just to, you know, look like they're filling a gap per se. Yeah, because the, the, the fear that so many have, especially as you said, if you're if you stand out and you're the only one who who's black or you're female or you have a disability and um, even um, in terms of gender fluidity and all of those things that's um, happening in our society at this time mm. it is a, a major challenge one of the, the the goals that you say for black tech sales network is to give people that empowerment to really strive differently even in the current roles that they have in the companies have mm. you seen evidence that people are more comfortable now to, to challenge their employers or even themselves about how they address equality, diversity and inclusion? Yeah, I think what, what's been good, I think like um, people have, since a few, since the network, there's been a few people who have, have gone to speak to their leaders um, and engaged uh, with them about what we're doing and they've set up conversations with, with their leaders. Um, there's been people who have set up like their own kind of initiatives internally because they've seen other people in my network that have have done it and they've learned off each other. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's been a lot around people, you know, seeing more black people in the industry in within the network, seeing what needs to be done and going back and yeah, being confident enough to go back to their teams and say, look, there's there's more we can do. Um, yeah, I think like that's one of the actually one of the big focus for us is ensuring that like you know our members are confident enough to go and speak to whoever they need to within their organizations to say this isn't right this is what needs to be put in place um and i guess what we can do is educate them on what the strategy they could use going to speak to these people and um and giving them more ideas 
Um, so yeah, I think that's that's something that we've seen, but definitely something I want to see more of. Yeah, I was going to say going into the rest of this year, of course, in this rather strange times that we're still in, and the impact of pan- the pandemic, not only just for you know for the Black Tech Sales Network, um, but even for you with your role as a senior consultant within Wiser. What are the um, initiatives or plans have you got planned going into the rest of the year? Yeah, so um, we want to just we want to continue to to grow out the network. So the, the the key thing, and we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, is trying to do too much. We just want to grow a really strong network. Ideally, this you know one day I hope this could be the biggest uh, network of black sales professionals uh, in in tech. So that's that's the key, that's the goal is just to continue to grow. But in terms of initiatives going forward, we really want to build like a, a mentor scheme where you know the the students that we've got signed up. Are, are, consistently having uh, meetings with the mentors, which would be our members, the, you know, the people who are professionals. Uh, we want to, we really want to help businesses grow their brand awareness within like black communities. So we want to be facilitating that, that relationship, basically, where if, it's a, if, a, if a business wants to um, be in touch and connect with more young black talent, we want to be able to facilitate that, you know, setting up events where they can come speak um you know providing you know creating creating opportunities that maybe those companies have never had before but creating them for these students or these these young people so our initiatives are mainly around kind of growing the network um helping businesses grow brand awareness and really around that sort of education engagement within the networks that we have and then for you as a in your own personal um growth and and possible personal goals etc you know I, you know you obviously I hear it that you enjoy being part of Wiser and there you are as a senior consultant your own personal ambitions and goals going into the rest of this year what what's what are they <laughs> what do they look like <laughs> um so my goals for I suppose my goal for Wiser is I mean I'm, I'm not far off my next promotion I think Hopefully, when this comes out, I'd have hit it. <laughs> but, yeah, and hopefully, I can get hit, hit the next step in terms of my progression at Wiser, and just really, you know, bring my the role of being a, a senior consultant and with what I'm doing with the network together, and make it sort of one kind of one beast, <laughs> I guess. Mm. Um, and because at the moment, I'd say the two separate uh, uh, things I'm working on. Um, you know, one side I'm trying to recruit sales people, senior salespeople into tech companies. Another side we're trying to increase representation. But hopefully, those two could come together and really have a, a, a major impact in the industry. So I hope that's what I can do over the next year. In terms of Lactic Sales Network, I want it to just continue to grow. I want it to. Um, I want to have some. You know, there's, there's a lot of sh- more structure has been put in place over the last um, three months. In the beginning, it was just crazy, and sometimes I was just like it was just a mess. But I think that's part of. Uh, setting up a network or setting up a community to begin with so um, I want to continue to add that structure in place and hopefully you know we get to a point towards the end of the year where we've got a really strong community some really strong leaders in there we've got some really good partners on board um with, you know there's plenty of members in there we've got a good strong strong following there's good engagement that's the goal for Black Tech Sales Network and then yeah hopefully we can have ideally I want to help 20 the goal is 20 this year 20 black young black people we can help get into the industry um, whether it's pick up experience as an intern or actually find their first role in tech excellent well what a way to end our time 
and a, a good um, ambitious goal going forward uh, and I really do hope it's achieved it's still very young so yeah. when I normally ask people you know what what would want to be their legacy they're normally of course maybe in the their mid years or coming towards the end of their work career and uh, you're just starting it but I gather I suppose you've just mentioned it there that one of them will be that you've given opportunities to others to, to come through yeah. and be successful yeah, I think the legacy that we want to have is I'd love to look back in sort of five years time and, you know, those 20 that I've mentioned, they're still in the industry and then they're now in senior leader roles in like management positions and they're there because, you know, more black leaders you have, that's always going to help with the uh, driving diversity because, uh, yeah, they're going to see people like themselves coming through interviews and they're more likely to understand where they've come from. So hopefully we can, we can um, provide the next sales leaders in tech using this network. Excellent. Nar Simpson, bless you. Thank you very much for spending some time talking to me today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening today. Wherever you're tuning in from, we'd love to hear from you. What were your learnings from today's conversation? Is there anything you'd like to add? Let us know using the hashtag TEGpodcast on Twitter. Or you can reach out to us anytime via contact at theequalgroup.com. And in the meantime, head over to our website, theequalgroup.com, for more insights, articles and interviews about equality, diversity and inclusion in the workplace. And if you are serious about making this the year for more effective EDI, we are here for you. Get in touch with us to find out how our EDI audit could benefit your company. We want to help you to identify areas where you can make sustainable improvements to your EDI. The EDI audit will guide your organisation on how to allocate your resources and what strategies to implement so you can begin seeing the benefits of effective EDI. Benefits such as increasing staff well-being, improved innovation, better productivity and higher turnover, just to name a few. Our EDI audit is the very first step to embracing equality, diversity and inclusion in your organisation. Why not join our mailing list to be the first to get updates on EDI news and practical solutions? Finally, to stay tuned for more podcast interviews coming soon, make sure you're following us on Twitter at The Equal Group. Until next time, everyone.